to the sixth episode of the Groff Show podcast. Today is going to be a great episode. Um, former teammate of mine, uh, Grizz Montana legend quarterback. He is a current quarterback right now for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the reigning Grey Cup champion, the yes, one and sir. only Dalton Sneed. Dalton, appreciate you coming on, bro. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Love what you're doing, bro. Dude, appreciate it. So what's what's Dalton Sneed doing right now? That's the first question. I bet a lot of Grizz Nation fans want to know. What's Dalton Sneed doing? And if you want to give yourself a little intro to go right ahead. Yeah, man. Just uh kind of been a hectic last year and a half, obviously. Um, everyone's in the same boat with COVID and whatnot. So just trying to navigate through that. Um, just been training the last 18 months, kind of waiting on the opportunity, waiting for the CFL to announce when we really start our season. Um, in the meantime, obviously you got to have some income. So jumped into real estate, uh, both my fiance and I are doing that. So kind of learning as we go, closing a few deals here and there, and um, now transitioning into really football, leaving this Friday. So it's exciting to get back to playing, man. Jeez, that's crazy. So we're going to backtrack a little bit. Uh, you're from Arizona. How was your high school recruitment and how did you decide to your first stop UNLV? Yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't what I hoped it would be in the sense yeah. that really, I didn't, I didn't get very much interest. Um, mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, the only offer I had out of high school really was UNLV. Um, and we'll talk about this more, but it was, it was coach Houck and coach Rosie who who are there now, mm -hmm. um, got a call kind of out of the blue one day from coach Rosie said he was from UNLV kind of joked, Hey, do you even know where UNLV's at? And I was laughing <laughs> and stuff, but he's like, yeah, we want to offer you. And that was obviously exactly where I wanted to be. That was my biggest dream, play college football. And, and to get that opportunity from him um, was huge. So ended up going out there a week later. Um, it's only a four hour drive from us. So mm. went on an unofficial and was like, yeah, I mean, this is where I want to be. And I mean, the hardest thing now with, with college recruitment um, is especially being a quarterback, they're usually only taking one, maybe two guys in that class. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're sending out four five, six offers to guys they want. So it's really a first come first serve basis. I mean, if you, and he told me that he was honest. That's why I love coach Rosie and coach Alec. They're like, Hey, look, we've got five offers on the table. We're taking one guy. Oh wow! And I was like, yeah, I'm not losing my opportunity. So I, <laughs> I was like, I, I commit right now um, Dang. and kind of locked in there. You're at UNOV. One specific play that I want to talk about is the longest quarterback. You probably know what I'm talking about. The longest quarterback run in school history. Is that still on the table? Is that you hold the record for that or what's the, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, man, that was, that was crazy. It was actually, I'll never forget. We're right hash third and 11. We call the vert <laughs> switch play. Um, and like in the back of my mind, all I'm thinking is like, okay, like don't take a sack here. Like mm. don't take a safety. Like coaches will lose their mind on you. I'm, it was my first start. I'm a freshman. Um, so I dropped back, didn't like the look. So I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. Next thing I knew, like I'm back in my own end zone. And I was like, oh. <laughs> So it was kind of like a panic mode, but basically cut back across, found a little gap. And I was like, okay, get the first down. It was third and 11. I see like, I'm about to like go out of bounds after the first down. And I see like our tight end who had come on like that vertical from the backside, like mm. breaking across the field to like throw a block. And I like see him. So I just stuck my foot in the ground and, and hit it. <laughs> Got like two or three great blocks. And like the next thing I knew I was just like running and it was just like complete green grass. That's and, crazy. Yeah, man. It was 
sort of blacked out there for a second. Were you, just, how, would you have to get the oxygen tank after or what? And I wish it was. <laughs> and of course, like right after we score defense three and out and I was yeah. still gassed on the sideline. I was like, Oh man. So running That's back hilarious. out there, I was still winded, but might've just been the nerves and, and everything. That's funny. So, um, you left UNLV. Just kind of talk about uh, the whole transfer portal life, why why you left UNLV and the whole transfer saga, because there's obviously people don't understand, like, there's reasons for why people transfer. Some people think it's, like, selfish. Some people think it's, like, you know, between coaches and, like, not playing time and stuff like that. I never was in that situation, but you obviously you're transferring twice. Just kind of talk about, you know, all of that and what happened, I guess. Right, so – kind of backing up. Um, like I said, I was recruited by coach Halcom, coach Rosie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I committed during my senior year. I want to say in like June of whatever it was, 2014. So we play our entire season. I wanted to get up there for like a game. And actually I went to the, their last home game. It was against, uh, our rival UNR Nevada Reno. Um, next morning I get a call from coach Rosie and he was like, Hey, like we got let go. Um, like I apologize, but you might want to like pursue other opportunities. Oh, wow. So like right then I was like, dang, like my recruitment wasn't anywhere else. Like I'd been committed to UNLV for six, seven, eight months. Um, and I kind of thought I was screwed at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, then coach Tony Sanchez gets hired out of Bishop Grumman high school. They ended up honoring my recruitment or my commitment, which was awesome. Um, so played for them a year and a half and it really just wasn't. One thing that I've learned is like, it's not just like you have to mesh with the coaches. You have to see eye to eye. And like, if you don't, it's, it's, it's extremely hard to be successful. And that was just one thing. Like, I don't know if it, like I wasn't their guy or mm. if it was me, um, but it just, it didn't mesh. Yeah. And like, I kind of saw the writing on the wall and was like, look, I'm not set up for the success that I want to have being here. Even though like I got a significant amount of playing time as a freshman. Um, like I said, like I just, I had to get out of there. Um, so I entered the portal, um, kind of didn't really know what I was doing. Actually, mm -hmm. I was in, uh, so a, a kind of another rule when you're in, when you're in D one and like, you probably already know this, like yeah. you can't just transfer to another D one. You have to sit out a year and lose a year of eligibility. Mm -hmm. So like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go the Juco route. That way I get playing time, get some film and then see where my opportunities go from there. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of already slotted with Arizona having like such a good Juco field for football yeah i was like okay i'm probably either gonna go to like sec or arizona western because they were like powerhouses at the time they were consistently mm. good um so when i moved back here i was talking to sec it was like it's like 10 minutes for me so i was thinking about okay yeah i'm gonna go there i get a call from kale pick who's the head coach at fort scott community college which is a little town five thousand people in oh southeast kansas and he's like hey man watch your film love you want to come out and see you and i was like okay yeah like that sounds great he's at my door two days later flew from kansas city to phoenix oh, like wow. came in like actually he brought a bunch of like the fort scott jerseys opened his laptop and the first thing he starts showing me is film of johnny manzella a m he was mm -hmm. a ga there and was actually coaching like slots and receivers there so he knew their system and that's the exact system he was going to implement at fort scott so i was like mm -hmm. you know i guess that fits so I actually, I told my parents, I was like, Hey, I want to go visit. So we flew out there and man, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a different pace of life. Yeah. I mean, that is such a small town. It was literally like picture the movie cars, radiator Springs. Like mm. that's when it was like, there's two main stoplights. 
like a two lane road, like a main drag. And that's oh it. My gosh. Um, but in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, like I'm only going to be here a year. And with this system, with basically what he's telling me, the receivers he's bringing in and Kansas Juco football is actually better in Arizona, the Kansas yeah. Jayhawk conference. Like you have Hutch, you have garden city, you have all those schools that, not only brings in a lot of talent, but there's also a lot of exposure to college mm-hmm. coaches. I mean, you're going to have college coaches every single game. So I ended up signing there. Um, and it was rough. I'm not going to lie to you. It was rough at first. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was in a dorm again, a little cinder block dorm room with another roommate, but I got to say it was like one of the best years, most humbling experiences of my life. I mean, the people I met the time I had, and it was really one moment that like stuck out in particular, like when you're at a main university, like all your equipment's given to you. Like you get cleats, you get towels, you get wristbands, whatever. They didn't give anything. So I was like, man, like I need a pair of cleats. So I had to drive two hours with some guys like up to Kansas city to go buy a pair of cleats, which was, I mean, that's normal for everyone else. But when like, you're accustomed to, okay, all you got, all I got to do at UNLV is walk to the equipment window and grab a pair of cleats and I'm good, Mm. you know? So it was, uh, it was definitely an experience, but one that really, I feel shaped me into the player and person I am Mm. today. That's correct. You were also on Last Chance U. I know a lot of people don't know about that against yeah. Indy. How was Indy? Was Indy pretty legit that year? Or how was your guys' season against them? And yeah. they were uh, they were decent that year. Uh, yeah. We lost that game. I think it was like thirty to sixteen. Um, yeah. And they, ex- oh man, they exposed me. I had two picks that game, and those are like the only <laughs> two plays that were showed. I was like, ah. so. Do you watch yeah, it back it was, on Netflix or no? Yeah, it was. I watched it. It was fun, man. It was. Yeah. It was just cool because like. When we pull up, we're getting ready for the game. Like camera crews set up everywhere. Like you're walking out. It felt like almost like a, like a big time college game, so to speak. Even though the mm. stands we played in were like a tiny high school there in Fort Scott. So yeah, it was it was definitely fun. It was an experience. That's awesome. So how in the world did Montana find you in Kansas? Did did you did you did you keep in contact with Rosie and Halk during that time at all, or was it just like out of the blue they reached out to you again, like a year so or Rosie, so later? one thing that I love about coach Rosie is like, he would always keep tabs on me. Like mm. regardless if it was every two months, he'd just send me a message like, Hey, how are you doing? Cause at that time he was the head coach at, I believe it was Adam state. Yeah. Um, so he would just always keep tabs like, Hey, thinking about you, man, like, hope you're doing well, but it was nothing like a recruitment. It was more of like a, Hey, just, how are you doing? Mm. Um, so I actually, I, my first offer at, at uh, Fort Scott was coastal Carolina. And Ooh. I was like, dang Myrtle beach. Like, yeah like it was cool I was like yeah man I'm I'm, like that's awesome I didn't commit right away like that was middle of the season so kind of went out um our last game we're playing Garden City ran like a quarterback draw get tackled wrong broke my collarbone Mm. um first play so I come after the season ends I come back I get surgery I'm sitting on my couch and I'd like texted the guy who who offered me I was like hey coach would love to get out there for a visit and like, I'm sitting there and he texts me, he's like, sorry, we've decided to go other ways. Oh. And I'm like, okay. So I just lost that offer. Yeah. Um, ending up going back for like another month to Fort Scott to finish out school. Uh, Portland state was actually recru- or recruiting me like heavily. Um, they offer, I end up going there for a visit. We're at dinner. The OC breaks out like the signing papers. And is like, hey, I know you're enjoying your visit. We'd love to have you. Here's the papers. Oh, and I'm wow. sitting there and I'm like, about to sign. And I was like, you know, coach, I need to reflect on this a little bit, whatnot. The next day, uh, Coach Rosie calls me and is like, hey, 
Coach Hawks got hired in Montana. I'm going up there. We want you. And I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, man. Like, talk about just like stuff falling in the lap, right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I end up, I was like, okay, kind of had a lot to think about. And I had never mm-hmm. even been to Montana. I had never yeah. really known what Missoula is or mm-hmm. the University of Montana, the history behind it. Um, so I come home. Coach Howe calls me. We're kind of chatting. He's like, hey, do me a favor. Go pull up the 2009 semifinal game against Appalachian State and call me back. So I go on YouTube, pulled up, and like that was the first time I'd seen the stadium. And mm. I don't know if you've seen that YouTube video where like, oh yeah, oh dude, it starts snowing at halftime. Like the the stands are nuts, and I'm like, whoa, yeah. So <laughs> what is I'm snow? Thinking, I'm like, <laughs> all right, I got Portland State and I got Montana. Like, yeah, what do I want to do? And I was kind of talking to my parents and they're like, Hey, do it. Like, this is your decision. You got to mm-hmm. do what like you feel is right in your heart and call coach, uh, call coach o- or call coach Hauk back. And I'm like, Hey, I'm coming to Montana. Dang. And it was like, it was a big leap for me because I mean, I'd never been to Montana. I'd never been North of, of Las Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. So then yeah, I end up enrolling in January, drive up there. And there's like a foot of snow on the ground. And obviously you're an Arizona guy. So you understand like you <laughs> no bueno. 115. Yeah. Like, so it was definitely experience, but obviously looking back made the right decision. It's kind of crazy how foreshadowing your whole journey has been because I'm, when you said coach Rosie was like, Oh, do you know where Las Vegas is? It's like, yeah, everyone knows where Las Vegas is, but it's like, right. do you know where Montana is? It's like, I didn't know where Montana was. And you probably didn't know. No, where Montana was either. That's crazy. But I never even heard of Missoula until like I started researching. Oh my god, I, I think it's an underrated, great college town for sure. Right. But um, yeah. So what? Talk about your time at Montana. Obviously, you had unbelievable two years here. Um, let's let's talk about what was your experience like coming in as a new guy first on the Montana team? Because I've heard I've heard some funny stories too <laughs> about what happened. But yeah, man. Um, it was rough at first. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was rough because, and that's one thing that I've come to like love and cherish about Montana is it's like, you can't just come in there and like expect to be the guy or expect to, you know, be a leader at it. Like you gotta, you gotta earn your spot. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that like all the guys and especially Montana guys and guys who had been there, they're going to, they're going to keep you in check. Um, and it was kind of a, a misunderstanding in the weight room. Like, with, I didn't even know who Josh Buss was. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't know who that. anyone was. And obviously he's like the all-American like stud linebacker there, right? Yeah. Um, and Keenan was calling up a break and being how big our weight room is, a bunch of guys at the end didn't hear. So I was like, hey, let's get a break. And Josh didn't like that. He thought that like I was calling up a break, mm-hmm. um, which I, I wouldn't have done at that point. Like I, I'm not stupid enough to like try and come in and like, all right, let's get a break. Like I haven't, yeah. I haven't done anything. I haven't earned my spot here. Yeah. Um, and he kind of chipped at me and we chipped back and there was this like bad blood there for a while. And mm-hmm. especially with like guys on the team, um, like I didn't have the respect of guys. People were like, Hey, who's this, who's this guy coming in? I had long hair at the time. They're like, man, like get this guy out of here. Um, so that was a tough transition. Like I really had to like earn respect from the guys. That was the biggest thing, which obviously I've come to appreciate because that's what makes Montana, Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, it was kind of a bumpy road at first, but obviously transitioned well. That's nuts. Um, what was your favorite game that you played in? Oh, it's tough. at Montana. Yeah, 
I mean, the throwback jerseys, that game, obviously I had a great game that game. That was fun. We pulled out the new fake pitch play. Um, Mm -hmm. So that one was always fun. But Funny story about that game, which is funny. It was my freshman year. And usually, like, the freshmen and stuff get to, like, wear their jersey, like, up in the stands or whatever. And it was a throwback jerseys. And Epperly was number 30, and I was 30 at the time, too. And they only had 130. So he's like, we don't have another 30 for you. So you're going to have to wear this jersey. And he gave me, like, 11 which is your number. <laughs> I didn't know he gave, that. I love he it. gave me, he gave me an extra 11. So I have a photo of it. It's so funny. And I was like in the stands the whole time and you had like 150 yards rushing or something like that. And there's a video on, on TV or whatever. Me like this with the 11 jersey. Oh dude, you never told me that. I love I that. think I did, but you probably didn't. You're probably just oh, adrenaline man. rushing or something like that. But the fan base at Missoula is just incredible. They're so supportive. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, even when I would have bad games, like people after the game would come up and be like, Hey man, like great game. Um, get them next time. Like there was never any bad fans, so to speak. Everyone was so supportive and, and loving and caring and really cared about you, not only as like a quarterback, but as a person, like you, you, when you're, when you're the quarterback in Maine university like that, usually people don't see you as, as Dalton, they see you as the mm-hmm. quarterback. Um, and that's one thing that I loved is everyone really treated me as a person. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, like, good to see you Dalton. Like it was just, it was good and great things that were that were brought transitioning after after playing grizz football after you're done with your college career what was like the mindset after could were you expecting to play at the pros like do you want to play and like what was the whole process of getting an agent and just like training and all that kind of stuff because i mean i can't imagine how scary it was not knowing what's next yeah it's it's definitely I mean, all the seniors, so when I was a junior, like when the seniors graduate, like everyone always tells you like, dude, it goes by so fast, like the real world, like it's a scary place, man. Like Mm. when you're thrown at, like, it's no, not not looking forward to it. it. It's no law. Like, I wish I was going to school. Like, I wish I was like hanging out with the guys and working out and like having a routine schedule. So like, it's tough. And, and one thing, especially after the Weber state game, like that was obviously a a really tough game for me. Like I, Mm. I let a lot of people down and that was something that I had to reflect on. Like, okay, I need to get back to my dream. I need to go back. I need to find Dalton. And like one game can't define your career. Um, and that was one thing that like was, was tough for me to like advance through like, okay, where do I need to put myself to be successful? Um, and I was lucky enough to like have an agent who believed in me, actually a guy out of Helena, Montana. And he was like, Hey, let's find something for you. Mm. And I, I, the CFL works differently with, with, guys from the United States. So they have what's called a negotiations list. Mm. Um, and once they put you on their negotiation list and they can do that at any point throughout your senior year. So I was on Edmonton's negotiation list for pretty much the entire season. Mm. Um, and then after that, they dropped me. So I was like, wow. well, there goes that opportunity. Like, and it's pretty much, you don't know what, what the future holds. Like you just got to put your head down and work. And, and it's, it's not like I can reach out to coaches. It's not like I can go do this, especially with like, right when COVID hit, we had no pro day. So I was mm. kind of stuck. I, I didn't know, okay, do I need to go find a job? Like, am I going to have another opportunity to play football? Um, and then Winnipeg called, I ended up getting a, a offer to, to sign with them. So obviously I was like, man, here's my opportunity. And I took it. Um, so that, that, would, that was March of 2020 signed season gets canceled. And now Jeez. Here we are again, just another like obstacle you just got to work through. So it's been, I guess, 
a little over a year now of just constant training, not knowing what the future is going to hold. When you heard about Winnipeg and the whole CFL and that you were going to be going there, uh, what were some things that you heard about it? What were some things you had to look up about it? Because obviously it's way different than American football. They sent you a football. Like what's, what's all that been like, I guess. Well, I don't really I know a whole lot about the CFL. I don't know a whole lot about it. Keelan's <laughs> told me some about it, but honestly, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's uh, I guess football is football in a standpoint, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But the rules, man, it's it's definitely been a learning curve. I mean, you can have first of all, it's twelve on twelve. The field is fourteen yards wider. There's twenty wow. yard touchdowns. You only get three downs. So if you don't get a first down the first two, you're pun- you're punting on third. Wow. Um, you always have to account for like the extra safety with an extra guy out there. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, like you have five receivers, three of which can go in motion any way they want crossing formations. And then your two end guys can motion horizontally. So you can have five guys motioning in one play coming into a bunch or, or motioning across out of a, a four by one set and motioning over to a, a three by two and a cluster set. And like, you have to know, okay, where's my Y, where's my Z, where's, mm. where's my guys. So you know what routes they're running. You have to be ready for everything. Um, That's one thing that I've learned with with playbook installs and trying to study the plays and motions and protections is it's a different ball game. Like Mm. you gotta you gotta adapt, so to speak. What's a rule that you just can't wrap your head around still? Oh, we had a meeting today, and (laughs) if if there's a fumble, the you can kick the ball. If you kick the ball and it goes out of bounds, it's awarded to the other team. If there's a fumble and whoever hits the ball out of bounds gets possession. So if you fumble it and it's kind of coming up field and it's three yards from the sideline and the defender just jumps and smacks it out of bounds, it's their ball. What? If they kick it out of bounds, it's your ball. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I literally just learned that rule. I didn't know that rule today. Um, actually just learned it like an hour ago in a meeting and I'm sitting here like, mm-hmm. Dude, so if you fumble and you see the ball and I just go smack it out of bounds, you keep it. Like you don't have to dive on it and jump possession. So that's obviously it doesn't come up that much, but that could be a huge turning point in the game. Wow. That's, yeah. I did not know that rule at all. That's right? crazy. Yeah. Um, what, what's something that you're looking forward to most about playing in the CFL and living in Canada, a new country? Have you ever been to Canada before or what's the, I have, what do you, what do you, what do you know about Canada? I guess. Fairly nothing, to be honest with you. <laughs> Fairly nothing. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a whole new experience. But something I'm excited for. Um, obviously, I've lived four or five different states at this point, and I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing is just you're able to meet other people. You're be, you're able to experience other things, and that's that's life. You get a, I, I have an opportunity that not a lot of people get, and that's something mm-hmm. I've been very blessed with, and that I want to run with. But I mean, obviously, the thing I'm most excited with is just to go back and play football. Yeah. Still got a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, the last pass I threw was an interception against Weber State. Mm. So I'm just looking forward to getting out there and, and really being with the team, having a schedule and and having camaraderie with the guys and overall just playing football. I mean, that's why I that's why I play. I love the game of football, I have since I first put a helmet on. Mm. And that's something that I've missed for a year and a half now. Um, that I just I couldn't be more excited to get back to do. Have you received any advice about playing at the pro level and stuff have you reached out to any of your teammates and stuff like that or anything like that at all or yeah i think a lot of people that have played at the highest level is just the preparation is is so important 
Like you, yeah. you have to be prepared. If you don't know, if you don't know what you're doing, it's no longer, okay, get in the back of the line. It's like, you're cut, you're out of here. Like it's a business. It's super cutthroat. You have to be prepared. But on the same time, like when you get up there, like you can only control what you can control. Every day you have to approach it with full intensity. You have to approach it with, with a mindset of, okay, I need to be locked in in every single thing I do. Every mm-hmm. drop, every time that I'm not in, I have to be focused on the play. I have to take a mental rep every single play because mm. your, your reps are limited, especially as a quarterback. Like there's not yeah. five receivers on the field. There's one quarterback. So when you're not in, you have to be taking those mental reps. Mm. If you don't, you're not going to be prepared. You're not going to, you're not going to know what to do. If a situation arises, if you see the other quarterback out there and he gets covers zero and he misses his hot, you have to be sitting there ready. Okay. I would have thrown my hot there. Mm. That's a mental rep. That's something I can get better at. Not just, okay, I'm standing over here kind of BSing with another teammate. You got to be locked in 24-7. So since that, that whole time, since March 2020, what's that year looked like? Because I know, I know you got engaged. I know you're a real yeah. estate agent too. Like what, what all happened during that time? What, how was the training and stuff like that, I guess? Because at that point, you're just waiting. Yeah, so they, uh, they actually just kept backing the season up, saying, so we were supposed to report May 2nd or something, first week of May. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just kept pushing it back. So it was just like, okay, I'm going to keep training, keep training, keep training. So I'm training all the way until August. And then that was when they finally pulled the plug on the season saying, hey, we're canceling our season. So that was when I was like, what am I going to do? I've got, mm-hmm. I guess, eight months now or seven months until the next season hits. So I got to find something. And that was kind of actually tying back into Christian Lopez, who I was with at UNLV. Yeah. He, uh, we're sitting there playing video games one day and he's like, Hey, is Beth, my fiance, is she still doing real estate? And he's like, cause my brother has been doing an AZ. He's looking for people to add to his team. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like I'll give you your contact and get him in touch. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, like literally five minutes. I was like, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Like that's, yeah. that's something I could jump into learn. And another thing where I don't have to be really committed to it. It's something I can pick up and put down, especially if I'm going to go leave, live in Canada for six months, I can leave it. And then when I come back, pick it back up. Um, so that's when I kind of jumped into that uh, September, ended up getting my license and really have been doing that as well as training to just try and find a, an income revenue until now report day. So what are, what are some things that you had to learn to get into real estate? I guess like, was it a super hard profession to pick up and like get your name out there? Or what was the, cause I know you're a super competitive guy. So you're probably like, I just can't imagine you as as a real estate agent and stuff like that. Yeah. So the, it's, it's honestly not too tough of a process. I mean, you have to take a a class, which is like basically 120 hours worth of work and they offered it Mm -hmm. online. So I would just sit down for five, six, seven, eight hours a day and just read through everything, take tests. And then you have to pass a state exam, a national exam, and then find a brokerage. And then you're really just into it. But I think the hardest part, especially jumping into real estate right now is like, Arizona is booming. Like everyone is moving here from the Northwest, from Montana, Washington, yeah. California. So like the housing market is unbelievable right now. Mm. And there's 50,000 something agents in Arizona alone Wow. with obviously less houses to sell, less buyers to work with. So <clears throat> the hardest part is, is just finding clients to represent. Um, and if you don't, like if it's, it's a commission-based job, if you don't get the sell, you don't get money. You don't get money, yeah. you don't eat. So it's, it's competitive. Like you gotta, you gotta make ties. You gotta go out, you gotta meet people. you got to present yourself. You got, you're really marketing yourself and telling people, Hey, 
you should trust me with your investment. I will find you this for this price. I'm going to get you what you need. And that's, it's really, it's marketing yourself and being able to, to find that clientele to represent. I had a big question because I saw this on Twitter that you are training with Kurt Warner, which we're both Arizona dudes. We're both Cardinals fans. Like, I mean, the dude's a legend. Like yeah. what, what are some things that you learned from him, I guess? And how is he, I guess, as a coach to you um, through all of this? Yeah, he, man, I'm so lucky to, to yeah. be training with him. Actually, I, I threw with him this morning and I think a, a big thing, we're not really talking X's and O's, but just like it's mechanics, like a huge mm. part of playing quarterback. Like you have to be good in your mechanics, like quick release, good feet. And that's one thing that I've missed a lot of, um, mm. even with like how much success I've had. I feel like I've been playing the quarterback position wrong for 18 years after like oh, working wow. with them because it's, it's a throwing motion. It's the ability to use your body to throw the ball. Like he always talks about arm body core and you, if you're disengaged in your core, this is kind of going deep, but no, if you're, you're disengaged in your core, like you're not going to throw a good ball. And it's funny, man, when we're out there and he's trying to teach me something and I'm not getting it done correctly, he's out there gloved up. And I was about to say, is he still wearing his two gloves? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he just turned 50 the other day and man, he can still sling it. Like wow. not even warming up, not anything. He's like, Hey, watch this, watch my core, watch my delivery, compact the arm. I'm here. He like literally throws it like a dart and it's just, it's like poetry in motion, man. It's yeah. just, I'm watching him throw the ball and I'm like, why can I not do this? And he makes <laughs> it look so effortless. And when he's bouncing around, how he moves in the pocket, flips his hips. I'm like, yeah, there's, there's a reason you're an NFL MVP and a hall of Famer. Yeah. So like I said, man, just to be learning from a guy of that caliber um, and really trying to take what he's teaching me and put it into my game is, is mm. something that I just so excited and, and so fortunate to have. Has he told you any stories of him playing with Fitz or in, for the Cardinals or anything like that? Or, you know, not really. Um, yeah. A lot of the time uh, when he was with the Rams, just like how he would approach and with his receivers and like, he has this awesome, actually I want to give a shout out to his little platform right now. He, he, mm. all the young quarterbacks out there, QB confidential. And he talks about everything of leadership to on the field, to mechanics. It, I mean, he has it all. And that's something that I even signed up for. You, you take every bit of knowledge from a guy like that and just his story and, and his mindset and competitiveness is really what sets him apart. It like all talent excluded, just how he approaches things. Like you can tell when he talks, the mm. way he approaches things is it's a different, it's a different level of, of, of a mentality. And I keep coming back to that, but his, his mentality is just so different. And it's this thing that sets him apart the most. We're kind of jumping around and stuff, but I want to go back and talk about Montana. Cause I know I love how you're still involved with the program, still stop by and still talk to the dudes and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on this upcoming season for those guys? And who are some people that you're looking forward to, to seeing that maybe Chris fans don't really know about? Oh, I think everyone knows about him, but my man, Hump, oh. man, I just, he, uh, taught, he's one of my best friends. He's actually going to be in my wedding. Um, and a guy that really I've, we just hit it off as soon as, as soon as we really got connected. Um, mm -hmm. and one thing that was, I guess, looking back, like how he battled through sitting for two years with how good of a quarterback mm -hmm. he is just shows like his mental toughness and like, obviously one quarterback plays and that was the hardest part and for us to be able to have or our ability to have a friendship out of that yeah. especially at the level we have it at it's just like it's rare it's so rare and I'm so fired up to see him like 
go out there and have that opportunity to showcase like his talent. I mean, we saw it in the first two games in the spring, like he, I'm just so excited, man. I, I like, I can't <laughs> even put into words how excited I am for him. Um, and then of course, like just the, the, the new guys that have came in for the O-line, the center from Nebraska, I forget his name, but just seeing these guys that are going to make such a big impact in the game and mm-hmm. the, the two corners that transferred in. I mean, coach Howick's really building a solid, solid team. And man, I just can't wait to see the success they have this year. Cause I know they're going to have it. Coach Howick's going to have them lined up, right. It's just a matter of executing. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't, like, I wish I would be able to come up to a game this year. Cause it's, it's different being on the sideline and playing versus being in the stands, obviously. Yeah. So it's just something I, I can't wait to see what they do this year. Uh, my next my next question for you, bro. There's been a lot of debate going on in the NCAA whether college athletes should be paid or not. As a former college athlete yourself, I'd love to hear your take on this. This is a tough question. I've gotten mm. in a lot of uh, – I've had a lot of conversation about this of people saying yes and no. But long story short, I think yeah. yes. Mm. I mean – we put in so many hours and make not only university, but the NCAA a, a billion dollar, if not like one of the biggest corporations there is. And for, for the athletes to put not only their body, but their mind, like it's taxing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that like, it's a grind day in and day out. Like you're, you're up at five thirty AM to work through the day, then go to class and try and have homework and try and get film in and try and get studying in for the game. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot. And for you to have to try and scrape by, is tough not to mention like guys that are walk-ons aren't getting stipend checks yeah like then you have to on top of that try and find time to have a job if your parents like are if you're not fortunate enough for your parents to, like provide for you mm-hmm. i mean i just there was a guy who walked on at unlv amir Z or yeah Z's. he uh he's working at little caesars as well as trying to like make a walk-on spot ended oh, wow. up earning a scholarship or a scholarship which was was unbelievable but back to your point like we do so much for the ncaa and the university that i I believe that we should be compensated more for it um and that's such a a double-edged sword because it's not it's not a greed standpoint it's not something you're like okay i need to make a career out of this but you shouldn't have to scrape by when you're making everyone else so much more money. Mm. Like, I'm not saying people need to be having $60,000 a year. No way. Yeah. But as a college athlete, you should be put in a position where if I'm putting my mind and body on the line for you, like there's gotta be a point here where like, you gotta help me out. Um, Mm. And not to mention like the marketing, like you look at high profile guys across the country that you've got 20,000 people that are wearing your name or, or supporting you and the NCAA is raking in all the money off that. Like that's, that's yeah. ridiculous. That's, I, that's, that's ridiculous. I saw this thing that Johnny Menzel would have made like $5 million if they oh, would have paid him minimum. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. Dude, I, so, I just, I hate to see college athletes, bro, that can't play because of money. That's my biggest thing. It's, it's like, sad. Oh, so many talented people out there that just can't play because of money and stuff. But next topic, Arizona sports, bro. You watching the Suns game tonight? What are you? Oh yeah, what Suns are you? Suns in five. Let's go, baby, <laughs> dude. I just love it. It's I'm just I tell people all the time, like you don't understand the hole that Arizona sports was just in for like twenty years. Yeah, a deep hole. Like no one would go to the postseason. No one would win championships. And the fact that like, I mean, they could win it. I mean, it's just remarkable, honestly. 
Dude, they're just – I think the biggest thing about the Suns is, like, obviously you got Booker and Aiton, and, and like, those are our, like, top stars, so to speak. Yeah. But they play so well together. Like, there's – even our bench, like, coming off the bench, like, when we're on, we're on. I swear, yeah. like, they don't miss shots when they're on. Like Cameron Payne, is, too? Oh, when he wants to get to the hoop, he gets to the hoop. But what are your what are your thoughts on the Cardinals, man? What do you what do you think they're gonna do this year? Because, I mean, in Montana, I've been getting a lot of hate about Arizona. I'm the only Arizona oh, no. dude. They're like, man, Cardinals aren't even gonna finish first in the, the division. They're gonna finish last. Like, I need someone dude, to support I'm me. Right on there this, with bro. you. Thank you. You tell, you tell Sammy because I'm <laughs> sure he's one of the main ones. He you is. Tell Sammy. That's about his Cowboys are doing, man. Oh my but, uh, gosh! Yeah, I think the Cardinals are primed for a good year this year. The 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 tools that they brought in the off season, you got Kyler with another year of experience under his belt. Like mm-hmm. our defense is looking solid. I think just just comes down to execution, man. Obviously, yeah. the NFL any 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 team can win any game at any point. So it really comes down to who makes less mistakes and and who right. executes. So. I think they're primed for a good season, man. I'm excited for them. So what's the future hold for Dalton Sneed, man? What's, what are some upcoming things that are going to happen for you, bro? I know personal life and football life. What, what's all happening in Dalton Sneed's life? Yeah, man. Getting, uh, getting married next April. Um, actually here in two days, it'll be, uh, seven years with, with Beth, uh, kind of off and on breaks here and there. There's obviously gonna be bumpy roads that I'm super excited that, you know, we were able to work through them and and communicate, but man, she's loved my life. So I get to marry her in April. Um, and then just hopefully plugging away in football kind of don't want to get ahead of myself right now. All I'm worried about is, is preparing for camp and, and going up there and competing. Um, God willing that I have a, uh, a long successful career but that's to be determined obviously yeah. that's the goal so that's awesome bro appreciate you coming on that's crazy you're a pro athlete bro you're yeah, a professional I, I athlete it. i don't even believe it myself <laughs> that's funny i'm just happy to be playing football man i'd be playing for free but don't tell them that <laughs> i got you i got you bro appreciate you coming on dude and hope to see you soon bro we'll keep in touch or something Dude, I appreciate you having me on, dude. Like I said, like I didn't, I, did, I wasn't bullshit. I love what you're doing. Catch you later, dude. All right, bro. I appreciate you. Appreciate Don Steve for coming on, bro. A lot of great discussion. Hope you guys loved it. A lot of football talk for those out there who don't know a lot about football, but there's some real life talk as well. Um, appreciate all the support out there. And we'll see you next Thursday. Peace.